An old man took revenge on the queen by locking her family in a prison within human guards. All that escapes the place are the prisoners' cries. The church devoted to an idol mimicking the queen gave hope to the prisoners, but the malice behind it will crush their faint solace. Masses of flesh litter these hanging prisons. Latria's current master, an old man who is no longer human, has been creating his own demons. His revenge complete, the old man withered away, possessed by golden robes of insanity. Too weak to be a demon's vessel, his soul was eaten. Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. So yesterday during our stream, somebody was like, oh, you guys should bring back Redgrave. And I was like, no, he moved on with life. But that was a misdirection. None of us are ever allowed to move on. It was a Joker's trick. <laughs> Welcome back, Redgrave. Hi, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me back uh, for a second time. I'm happy to be a returning guest now on the Snack Covenant. Yay! And what are we talking about today, Richie? We are talking about Latria. Actually, no. What? Hmm? Redgrave, we invited you here to watch Reborn with us. To watch... To watch what with you? Oh god, don't get all started. <laughs> it's a 200 episode anime oh. that's in binge. I, I, I'm not really an anime person. My girlfriend is an anime person and she always tries to get me to watch anime, but I'm not really familiar with... What's it about? It's about a baby who is a hitman. It's over <laughs> 200 episodes long. When you say a, it's about a baby that's a hitman, yes, I'm gonna need slightly more information. No, that that. that is the premise. There is a baby who is the hitman. So, he has a small fedora and a gun. So is the is the baby? Is this like Detective Conan? Is this the is the baby an adult? Yes, who but is in they, they, that is the premise. But I think they like retcon that in later. So at the point we're in in the series, it's just a baby who's also a hitman. And how far in are you? We're 33 episodes in of the over 200 episodes of Bleed. And how long is an episode? 20 minutes. Is it 22 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah, 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 only 20 minutes, but you make us watch three or four in a row. So you're roughly 10 hours in to Baby with a Fedora Hitman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's adorable. I highly recommend it. You and your girlfriend should watch it. It brings relationships closer together because my boyfriend, I watched it with my boyfriend for the first time when we started dating, and look at us, we're still together, so. Well, I mean, that that's proof right there that it works. Yeah, and I, I, haven't, I haven't left, so. <laughs> there we go. That's true. You have, you have two cases now of it, <laughs> of it working, so yeah. that's a 100% success rate. <laughs> Thank you for understanding, Red Grave. <laughs> Of course. Okay, sorry. So, Richie, yes. what are we talking about today? We're talking about Latria from Demon Souls. And I asked people. Yeah, you sourced mm-hmm. questions from Discord. 
And we got a lot of yep. questions, so we're going to go through them. Five pages. <laughs> yeah. Usually I try to add questions in as well, but this time I think we're good. Yeah. And um, I also want to point out that, like, Loki, people will know because he did all those, like, Demon Souls uh, translations and guides and things. And he um, he's not with us, but he basically gave me his Latrian notes. So we will be, I can, like, bring that in at certain points. Loki's with us in spirit always. Yes. Okay. Can you just briefly tell us what is Latria before we start looking through the questions? Do you mean what is Latria as a country or what is Latria as Archstone 313233? What is Latria as a country? It is the it is the kingdom to the south of Boletaria. Uh, that has it is advanced in the study of science and magic and uh, or and so the soul arts basically and it's run in sort of a it's not clear if it's a matriarchal society there is a queen she's referred to as having a husband but it's ne- there's never any reference to a king so it's sort of implied to be a matriarchal society um, and the royalty, the thief, and the knight origin classes are all from Latria. Um, it was closely tied to Boletaria. They were clearly on good terms since Lord Ridiel and Ostrava were both in Latria. So it's a kingdom that is, and, and this kind of will bring us to our first question in a minute, but it's a kingdom that is to the south of Boletaria. Mm. Yeah, because the... Um the first question is like it, Latria is part of Boletaria, and like it's sorry, Richie. Yeah. Richie, yeah, you have to say who asked the question. Okay, so like that leads us into the first question from the Red Drifter, whose question is like it's a series of questions that are kind of about the relationship between Latria and Boletaria. Yeah. Hmm. So this is caused by a mistranslation in the fluted armor and the knight origin class. Which refers to it as a as a as Southern Boletaria. This is because of uh, just one of the ways that possessive mm. particles work in Japanese, and it, and so it it was translated as an advanced region of Southern Boletaria when the more accurate translation is an advanced region to yeah, the south yeah. of Boletaria. Mm. So that's where a lot of that confusion comes from. Is where people think, wait, so this is a kingdom that's in Boletaria that has a different queen and a different king yeah, or yeah. something. And so that's where a lot of that confusion comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Rich, you mentioned that when people say Latria, they also mean something else. Well, you were talking about like, what is Latria? And Latria is like, it's the tower of Latria as in the, the gameplay that you do in Latria takes place in a tower in Latria. But, like, because of what we were talking about with translations and stuff, it's, like, it. sometimes people see it as, like, it's a tower that is called Latria, or, like, Latria is just, like, one tiny thing with a tower in it or something. But, no, Latria is a whole kingdom. Latria is is also a word. It's a real word. It's a a thing. Um, it's It's a word used in Christian theology by Aquinas and by thinkers before him for the adoration of God and, and uh, not, not to get into a whole history of philosophy. Basically uh, a lot of what is common modern Christian theology comes from one of two places. It comes from Aquinas or it comes from Leibniz and Aquinas. One of the things he wrote about was Latria and 
which is the specific worship of God and the adoration. It's most commonly translated as adoration of of God and specifically of God. And it's an adoration that is reserved only for God. And one of the things that he talks a lot about is idol worship and whether idols, idols, figureheads of God are subject to Latria. And so that's one of the things he talks about. And so when you have the Tower of Latria, it's also the place where this adoration and this devotion for the fool's idol takes place. Um, so it's kind of a – Latria is the name of the kingdom or queendom, um, and it's also – it has a double meaning to it in that – in an ironic sense, you know, it's a place where the prisoners are worshiping and, uh, you know, adoring this false idol in the hopes that it'll bring salvation. When in reality, it's mm. it's far from the truth. Cool, thank you. Grandmaster Neo asks: Latria's location always puzzled me. Is it in a canyon? It features a lot of height due to the buildings, but it also has a swamp at the bottom. Uh, it, it does appear to be in a canyon. It's not clear how much of the swamp is there naturally or how much of it is just sort of a byproduct of like, it's not clear if it was always built in this swampland or if it, or if the swamp in quotes, and he even has swamp in quotes in his question, mm. how much of it is just sort of a byproduct of the, oh, what the old monk is doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I I think it's it's most likely that given like what's in the swamp and what's above right. the swamp. Um I guess similar to like the the cavern under Yosefka's clinic that it has all this like poisonous water and grubs and things in it presumably because of what's yeah. happening like above. Yeah. And and things sinking down to the bottom and getting mm. corrupt and filthy is very much a sort of omnipresent theme in all of uh Miyazaki's work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And Princess Capitiller is asking, how old is Latria? Her Majesty has returned. (laughs) Yes. I remember Princess Capitiller. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But everyone on our server is a princess. Oh. Yeah, it's a princess kingdom. (laughs) Would there be a term for a... Not a queendom, because it would... Whatever they have in My Little Pony. Sure. Okay, let's go with that. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, Princess Scaffertiller is asking, how old is Latria? So the, the implication seems to be that Latria fell first and that Boletaria fell afterwards. Um, but also, all of this seems to be relatively recent, you know, because yeah. Bjork came back, um, Ostrava, Prince Ariona, um, yeah. is is he just arrived in Boletaria as soon as he heard about what's going on. So all of this appears to be a pretty recent thing. Like, like I would say the whole colorless fog thing can't have been going on for more than like a few years, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like the, you have an NPC in Latria who is like the former wife of one of the Royal family. The, the one, the once, the once Royal mistress, once Royal mistress. Right. Yeah. She, she is like, she's, Old-ish, but, like, it's within the recent past. I believe we're going to be talking about her more later. I I saw some questions about her. She's definitely one of the more interesting characters in 3-1. Yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, in terms of age, like, I remember Loki, on one of the podcasts we had with him, he said that, like, 
the age of like the first sort of incident they're talking about with the uh, when the archstones were first put in place to keep the land together. He says that looks like it was about three hundred years ago in terms of everything that happened. The first. I'd be curious the first to, monumental. Situation. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to see uh, the where where he got that information. Yeah, he, it was something so not, to do with like that. lining up the like genealogies of like who was sure. where. Um, he he had some very long. It was it was quite like well footnoted and everything. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see that. I think it's on Reddit. The poison swamp of the internet. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Redgrave. On that pleasant note. <laughs> Gordon is asking, how big do you think the regions were? It's hard to get a sense of scale. Uh, I mean, he answered his own question. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it Clearly, it can't be, like, absolutely massive, given, like, people are able to, like, Arion is able to go from Volataria, like, study in Latria, and then when he hears about problems in Volataria he's able to leave and go back there. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not an absolutely, it's not like this is a whole like globe. It's like a, it's sort of, I guess it's like Europe with all these like bordering countries, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of, all of like, uh, the souls games take place in this quasi Northern United Kingdom, Scottish Welsh yeah. area. So, yeah, I, I guess like Demon Souls is, is the one where like we very, we don't often hear about places we don't also go. It's right. not like in Dark Souls where you hear about places like Thoroughland and Kareem and mm-hmm. Longdor, but you never actually see them. They just exist in the background. In fact, I don't, I don't believe there's any reference to any place outside of the rift. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think now. The saints came from outside the rift. Right. But it's not, I don't believe there's, it's ever explicitly said where they came from. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't get a point of origin. They just came to the rift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And Ben is wondering, is there any connection between Latria and the Soul Society? Oh, God, here we go. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> well, first, can you tell us what is the Soul Society? Um, okay, so the Soul Society is a... It's like a sort of subplot within the game, and it involves the characters of Mephistopheles and Yurt. And they are part of an organization called the Soul Society who are... I guess you'd say they're, they're researching souls, getting power from souls. Yeah, they're they're hoarding they're hoarders of of soul art information, and their sort of their main mo is nobody else is allowed to have it. We're the only ones who can have the soul arts. Everyone who doesn't have, everyone who isn't a member of our society who studies the soul arts, uh, we're going to kill them. You can see it as it's kind of similar to like in Bloodborne. You've got Mensis and the choir kind of squabbling over who has control over all this eldritch knowledge. The soul society is kind of similar to that. So the thing about the Soul Society is that uh, there's really it's really one of two options because you find lots of stuff from the Soul Society in the Latria regions in three one and three two, and Yurt is has his presence there. So it, it's not clear if the Soul Society started in Latria, yeah. 
as sort of a subgroup of researchers who decided we're the only ones who are going to have all of this, or if they are came to Latria because it was an advanced place where people knew about the soul arts, and they came to kill the people who were involved and take the knowledge for themselves. And the latter kind of seems to be the more likely scenario, given Yurt's yeah. position, because Yurt is there, but he was sent there basically to kill everyone in the Rift who's still alive. Kill all the humans who are still in the Rift. That's his goal. It's what he says to you when, uh, after he's, if you let him kill everyone, uh, he, he says to you, my work here is almost done. There's only one last living human, and then he attacks you. That's not cool. No, he's, he's not a nice guy. And he's sort of, he was the, he was the prototype for Lautric and all yeah, of those characters, yeah. basically. Which is why, if you if you played Demon Souls like yeah. like I did, then the first time you played Dark Souls, Souls right. you cut Lawtrick the fuck down <laughs> instantly uh, <laughs> because you knew ex- you knew exactly what kind of trick they were trying to pull on you. Really, he seemed like a nice guy. No, 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 <laughs> he did not. I did not give him a second chance. I did not. I didn't. I didn't get to experience any of his quest line until I, I played the game a second time. <laughs> I instantly killed him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, now we have some questions about the Tower of Latria. And again, before we go on, can you briefly tell us what's the Tower of Latria? Uh, well, the Tower of Latria it's kind of it could refer to a few different towers. There's the tower that you start in in 3-1, which is kind of a prison tower. Um, and that's sort of always what I figured as the Tower of Latria, if only because that's the tower where Latria is taking place. Um, Latria is in the term Latria, the verb Latria, not Latria, the kingdom Latria. It's the tower where the prisoners are adoring and worshipping um, the fool's idol in the hopes of receiving what they're told is salvation. Um, there's also the tower that the old monk is in, and there's a tower that... It is said that the queen of Latria resided in an ivory tower, which was presumably the Tower of Latria, but we never see an ivory tower, and so it's not clear if that tower is somewhere else that we never go to, or if the more likely scenario being that these were once beautiful, pristine ivory towers and places of scholarship that have all been twisted and corrupted and, uh, you know... yeah blackened by the horrible things that are going on in them yeah and it's it's all like when you when you get to the towers like they're clearly falling to pieces and it's just like bits of bits of geometry it's almost i we talked about this before but it it almost reminds me of like a mario 64 level where there's just like bits of staircase and platform just kind of floating sure actually yeah I, i can kind of see that yeah so presumably like it wasn't always it wasn't always like that like parts of it have fallen like some of the towers have rotated like yeah, 10 yeah. degrees to the right or something like that. The tower that's a prison wasn't always a prison? Do we consider the um the the prison to be part of the tower or do we consider the prison like the prison and then they want to go to the tower? It's not yeah. it's not clear. You could really you could either would be totally valid acceptance there's there's no real answer to that 
Yeah, because the the way it's the way it's explained by the 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 mistress is that like the prisoners are they're all going insane in the prison, but there's the promise of salvation above. Right. So they go above. So I, I took it as like there's the prison, and then it's like this is where we keep people, and then they willingly go to the tower where the money mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Because the the way that you get like to the tower is. It's not like they they they're technically connected, but you get there via the gargoyles. You're carried by the gargoyles. Yeah, it's not like you can just wander there freely. It's actually one of the. It might be the only region where you can't directly travel between the first and second area. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the only region yeah, where you yeah. can't do that. Um. Presumably because they wanted the second region to have the upper and lower levels. Yeah. Uh, which would be... I can't imagine how you would interconnect yeah, incredibly like that. taxing, yeah. It, it, would, it would have been an unnecessary pain in the ass, basically. Yeah. To connect them like that. Okay. Thank you. Richie! We yes. said the word prison like 37 times, and you didn't once bring up the book that you always bring up. <laughs> Oh, oh, Foucault's discipline and punish. We br- I bring it up with with relation to Bloodborne because the the healing church have it's a church, a school, a prison, and a hospital at the mm-hmm. same time, right? Which is yeah, the most Foucauldian thing imaginable. It, it, it is. And Adon <laughs> got through the whole of Let's Talk Law without ever mentioning that, despite being like a Foucauldian scholar. Yeah. So I feel like I need huh. I need to pick that up. <laughs> you know, I, I never, I never actively thought about that, but you're, you're definitely, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's actually my muse that inspired Richard to say that. So, yeah, yeah, great job, Samuel. <laughs> so technically, I thought of that. Yeah, no, we've we've been through this. <laughs> We're a team, except when something goes wrong, then it's my fault. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Princess Keppertiller again has questions. Richard, do you mind looking through them? Okay. Uh, first question. Since it's called the Tower Singular of Latria, is it reasonable to assume that there's many towers that have been built? Um, basically, that is it reasonable to assume that the multiple towers were built after the old monk took over? And I think we sort of addressed that already. I don't. I don't think so because yeah. like they all seem to. They don't seem new. They seem to be, if anything, like crumbling and decaying because nobody's taking care yeah, of it. It's like we said before, like the, the whole soul fog thing is recent. It's like a, it's like a, a few, like maybe five years at most, probably. I would say yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. I would say that's the upper limit. Okay, um, cool. So, also, it feels like some of the towers have slightly different architectural styles than the big one in the middle with the demon heart inside it. Um, is it possible that the old monk used soul arts to construct, like, the ones around the demon heart? Um, the, the problem with that is that we have no real evidence yeah. that that's something that can be done. It's possible that, like, the, um, the Tower of Latria is the one with the demon heart, and then the other ones are, like, coming off mm-hmm. the sides of it. Yeah, a lot of the, there's there's no real answer to that question that that would be satisfying to everyone involved. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
there's no real evidence that the soul arts can do that. There's also no real evidence that the soul arts can't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are certainly like gigantic chains and all of that stuff that like someone had to make them. Uh, but so this next question is kind of, I think we'll have a lot to say about it because I hadn't really thought about it much before, but it says, it is said that Latria used to be a great land of learning, which makes sense given its association with magic, spice, and spell-related items. Most of the corpses seem to have been wizards and mages, yet the prison seems to predate the existence of the old monk's magic. So what did Latria use the prison for? Like, before all this went down? That is a good question. question. It's a very good question. Um, because Demon Souls, more than any of the games that came after it, like, everything it feels like a place that could be real where people could live and, and all the rooms and all of that are actually like makes sense. So it, there's definitely a prison there that existed and uh, was used for things. Um, this, this could potentially bring us to the once Royal mistress. Um, but what did Latre use the prison for? There is. So one of the things that we do know about Latre is that yes, it was a great, land of learning and a great happy you know soul art magic fun time we also know that the royalty were all engaged in assassination and conspiracy against one another um all of the thieves and assassins the baby's nails um you find all of these things littered throughout the cells and throughout the bottom of the swamps you find the assassin black phantom in front of the fool's idol um so it's also seen that the royal family was also, they were all engaged in espionage and, uh, you know, political intrigue against one another. So you can certainly envision that cell existing as a place for political prisoners or unwanteds or anything like that. Um, I guess, like we were saying before, that there's, there's no way to walk from the jail to the tower. So it's possible that, like, that was always a prison, and then the the Latria like scholarship area is just somewhere else that we don't see, and that's why we have to go through this like convoluted way to get to the right. It's entirely possible that like like we never get to see the grand library of Latria, you know. Um, well, it could just also be that like everywhere in Latria is decayed except the prison, because the old monk just wants more prisoners, and he's let the rest of it rot. Right, it's the only place that's still being maintained actively. Yeah, yeah. They also say, additionally, what was the temple used for prior to the existence of the Fool's Idol? Uh, Presumably, worship of the queen. Because you do find, you know, idolatry towards the queen, and she is revered. Um, and, and it's not as if they were told to worship her by the old monk. They continued to worship her because they thought she was still alive. Yeah. Right. And the, the next question, which is from Feral Gremlin Nightmare Girl, I think that's something that we just kind of addressed, which is like, what function would a sprawling complex of prison towers in a swamp serve to a functional nation? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we, I think we've, we've kind of gone over that, uh, but that is, that is a fantastic username though. <laughs> so, uh, next question is from Luzari and this is, 
Is the pulsating meat blob in the middle of 3-2, is that another great one, or is that some sort of beast created by the old monk? Is it chained up so they can worship it? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that by great one, he means just like yeah, demon yeah. Or, or whatever. Um, so it's not clear if that's one of the things he brought back with him from his pilgrimage, or if that's, that was the culmination of his experiments. It is being sort of held up by these worshippers who are in like a summoning yeah. circle thing. Um, and it is what is kind of birthing yeah. the... That's what I was going to say. Oh, because yeah, sure, of the way ahead. it, when, um, for reference, like when you finally knock this thing down, it cracks open and all of these centipede monsters come out of it. So it seems like that is where he's making his demons because they make a big point about the old monks. The old monk has figured out how to make his own. He's sort of like artificially constructing his own demons. And it looks like he's doing it in that thing. Like this is, this is taken from Berserk. Oh, very much so. It's the heart of darkness from Berserk. For people who don't know what we're talking about, there's an arc in Berserk where, um, in Berserk, there are these things called Baalets that they basically turn you into a demon when you use them. There is a character called Ganishka who desperately wants to become like a demon via a Baalet, but he doesn't have his own. So he turns his kingdom into a giant, he calls it the artificial Baalet. And he basically like jerry rigs his own Baalet together. And it's very similar to Latria. It's like this gigantic sort of like massive flesh that he drops people into and then they get turned into demons by the, by the bailer. And the, the aesthetic of the Latria region and all of that is probably the most directly yeah. influenced by the sort of the eclipse arc of Berserk. Miyazaki's, his, his whole thing really does seem to be taking aesthetic cues from works that he's interested in and then making them his own. Uh, Cause like, like Bloodborne, you know, borrows heavily from the aesthetic of Lovecraft, but none of the themes or uh, motifs or stories really resemble yeah. uh, Lovecraft's work. And, and it lifts all um, things from Brotherhood of the uh, Wolf as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The whole, uh, the whole um, clothing aesthetic and everything, and the weapon designs are all lifted from Brotherhood of it's the Wolf. The, yeah, it's like a real mashup of everything's it, it's like everything in that game has some sort of direct reference to something else basically and i mean canehurst uh, the canehurst carriage is is the exact yeah, scene and in, when in you get dracula. to canehurst it's literally like it's the castle from the coppola dracula film and queen yara looks like lucy from yeah. that film and everything yeah i played demon souls after i played bloodborne yeah and the first time I saw the plop, I was like, oh my god, it's the heart of Mansus. Yeah. Well, when when people were when we were getting the first like look at Bloodborne, it was like, oh, they took Latria and they made a whole game. That was absolutely it. what mm. people were saying, I remember. And like that was even like kind of what some of the <laughs> developers said was like Latria was and like everyone knows it. Latria was the best part of Demon Souls. And we made a whole game that was Latria, basically. Oh, I see. They're not wrong. I mean, it's certainly the best uh, atmosphere. The three one is is probably the best. Three one is a is a masterclass in just a tight yeah. level, yeah. Um, like a tight video game level. Um, yeah. Mm. So, Art Divinator Arky saying, "What's the deal with the giant spider webs of chains high above the towers?" 
uh, they're holding up the demon's heart, the the, the yeah. demon heart, right? Because when you uh, kill those those guys who are chanting or uh, whatever, the chains fall and the heart. Yeah, uh, they may falls, also right? do, on another like be holding the tower itself together because it's like all you can see it's like straining and sort of falling apart. Yeah. Sure. I've noticed that, like, I don't know what the genesis of this is, and it's it's probably just, like, a pop-cultural thing rather than a, a folkloric thing, but, like, I've noticed that in Japanese media they really love castles that are somehow held together with gigantic chains. I don't know what the genesis of it is, but I see it all the time. Can, can, you, give, can you give me an example that isn't um, a Souls game? A, okay, a lot of, like, arcade games that have endings with a castle, there's just, like, a chain holding, like, a flying castle. I see it all the time in like old schmups and like run and guns. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now of. Like the other souls example would be broom tower and dark souls Two, where it's like the three towers. Held together. Yeah. Right. Cause that, yeah. that was where yeah. my, my head first went. But now, now I'm thinking about like old, like. Yeah. I remember I see it all the time and I don't know what the genesis of it is. Because I, I, I like hmm. I talk to people about this, and a lot of things that I see a lot, and I assume this is like a folkloric thing. They will say, "No, this is just something that people thought was cool in the '90s and just kept doing it." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, because because I'm I'm thinking now, and like a lot of games from that era had like floating castles, like like you look at like the Breath of Fire games, and they all ended in like a floating yeah. castle held up by chains. Even Final Fantasy VI had a floating yeah, it'll, castle. It'll, it'll, it'll be like it'll be something from an anime from the seventies that everyone's like in everyone's mind. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's from one of the the Mobile Suit Gundams or something that everyone <laughs> thought was cool, or from a Kamen Rider episode or something. Okay, thank you. So now we have some questions about the characters in Latria. Before moving on to the questions about the characters, can we just briefly talk about the NPCs that we meet in the Tower of Latria? Okay. Sure. Who who should we start with? Um, let's start with everyone's favorite Yurt. Okay, Yurt is an assassin for the Soul Society. He's a huge dick, and he will kill oh. the NPCs in the Nexus if you uh, free him and start and and let him stay alive. Yeah. yeah. And he has one of the better armor sets. Yeah, and he's so sketchy too, because you come back to your tower and you see like corpses on the ground, and then you see Yurt like hiding in the corner, and you're like, "Did you do this?" And he's like, "No." Well, the the corpses only appear after you kill a boss. Once you free him, uh, so you free him, and then once you kill a boss, there are these two uh, yeah, corpses not that a, show up not NPCs, um, that are they're not they're not named characters. Yeah, and then after that, he starts killing people. It, it kind of gives you a chance to say, hey, someone's bad news. You might want to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and in, in true soul style, it's like the most obvious person. Yeah, it's always the most obvious person. <laughs> because a lot, a lot of games would try to subvert that. But this is just straightforwardly like, no, this guy in this like black armor with these horns who keeps cackling. Like, he is actually just the... <laughs> Or the suspicious, yeah. or the suspicious <laughs> beggar who's like, "You want to invite me back?" To it's like, no, absolutely not. You find like hunched over corpses, like clearly eating them, and then he's like, oh, "Do you know anywhere else where there's people?" 
Although, to be fair, to be fair, the Uden Chapel dweller yeah. is the nicest, yeah. most genuinely friendly yeah. person in that game. And he looks like a monster. And he, in any other Souls game, he yeah. looks like someone you would kill immediately. Mm. Yeah, I, I know people who killed him immediately because they got scared. Yeah. I, yeah. I also know people who saw him and thought he was a monster and just killed him. And then it turned out that he was a monster in, like, an early version. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was like a chalice dungeon enemy, and then they just turned off his AI and made him into the chapel dweller. I killed Aingi on my first playthrough because I thought he was another egg bearer who was just blocking a passage. So I just sniped him, and then realized, oh, uh, you monster! I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. I think I, yeah. I might have also killed him in my first. Playthrough. I didn't because I always tried to talk to NPCs first. Okay, thank you. And can you tell us about the once royal mistress? Ooh, okay. Uh, so the once royal mistress is a vendor NPC in three one. You meet, and it's from her that you can kind of get a little bit of the backstory about what's going on. There's also uh, that it just occurred to me in regards to her. There is a fifth NPC that you can talk to in. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring him up. Latria. There is, there yeah. is, there is the liar. Uh, who I, mm-hmm. I will mention in a second. Mm-hmm, right, but so yeah. there are a few different po- there are a few different possibilities for the once royal mistress. Um, if we assume that the royal mistress has to have been married to someone we meet in the game, or has to be relevant to someone we meet in the game, um, then there are a couple of things we can make because it's entirely possible that she could just yeah. be some woman yeah. who was in the prison. That's a totally valid possibility. One theory, and this is the one of the theories that's that's talked about in, in one of the questions here. One theory is that she is the queen who has been tortured and mutilated to the point of disassociation, um, and that she has disassociated herself from yeah. her identity as the queen. Um, that's and that, that and that's entirely possible. Another theory is that she was the mistress of the old monk, the old monk who was uh, the queen's husband which would make her the mistress. And the old monk was notably banished for, uh, I think it's depravity is the word used. Yeah, they say like the, the depraved old man. So entirely, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's entirely possible that the old monk was the husband of yeah. the queen. Uh, he, was, ha- he, he had a mistress. He was caught with a mistress. He was banished. She was locked up. Is sort of another theory. Some people uh, have suggested she might be Lord Ridiel's wife, um, but Lord Ridiel specifically says that his wife is dead, and you can find a corpse that is presumably hers. So that is unlikely. Um, another option is that because she knows about the fool's idol, because she's is like, which is not common knowledge apparently in current uh, Latria, is that she is the. Uh, mistress or the wife of the liar who may have been a member of royalty because he is someone who is in charge of keeping the fool's idol alive um so yeah. those are a few different options yeah for, and for like i've got i've mistress. got loki's notes on the mistress here and he says basically oh, like sure yeah i'd be happy um, to hear that. she's not called her, her name is like better translated as like the former noble's wife that's the other. That's the yeah, other title yeah. for her. That yeah. That you hear yeah, a lot. Because so, mistress makes it wife. sound like there was something possibly like illicit going on. That she was a mistress, but it says you know she's she's mm-hmm. the wife of nobility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you, you see that. You also see that because I think I think in in because in different versions of the games of specifically of Demon Souls, you yeah. get different names for characters and different names for. So I think maybe in like the PAL region possible. or something like that, she was called the formal uh, like a formal I, I wife or something that. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that there there yeah, were, were local, differences different in the names of NPCs and, and items. And That's why, like, it, the rights were such yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've spoken to someone who who worked on the publishing for Atlas for Demon Souls at the time, and and all all that person had to tell me was that it was yeah. a complete and utter nightmare um, with that game. Okay. Is that all, Richie, for for the mistress? Um, yeah, pretty much. He he talks about. Um, I guess like we can talk about what Loki says about the liar because that was brought up as like a potential. Like, okay, point. yeah. Um, Loki's specific. He says like the the name that the the title that the liar is given is like it's explicit that the liar is one of like the servants. He's like the guy that cleans out like the bed chambers of the of the nobles, mm-hmm. and he's sort sure. of gotten the job. Um of resurrecting the fool's idol like later on. So he was. And, and, and if, if you, if you took that translation, then, then that would exclude him from being a possibility. Yeah. I think she is, she is just like the former wife of a noble. She doesn't, she's not specifically anyone. Cause Latria sure. presumably had like a quite large nobility. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It had a yeah, very large people royal family to be connected. Um, but like, yeah, they don't have to be. Yeah, but they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I always kind of preface theories yeah. like that with if, like, with the you, you start with the assumption that it's connected to something in the game, and because that's the more interesting thing to explore. Um, but there's always the alternative possibility, which is that now she's just yeah. the wife of someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sage Freak, the visionary. Um, uh, you want to go first, Rich? Uh, no, because I didn't. I never really bothered with Sage Freak when I played it. Yeah, really. Loki has a lot to say about Freak. Okay. Like Freak notes. So, like, he has a whole lot about Freak, but it's in a separate document that I don't have with me. Uh, so uh, Freak is the main uh, yeah. magic teacher for the game. Um, you find him in one of the cells. He has been captured by the old monk, um, or not specifically by the old, but he's been captured yes. and put into one of those cells. And he is basically the guy who gives you um, the alternative theory for what's going on. He's the one who suggests to you that the old same one thing. and the god of the church are the same. He's the one who suggests to you yeah, that you should kill the maiden um, in black. Proto Big Hat Logan in some ways. Yeah, definitely. He he looks like Big Hat Logan, and he he's kind of the guy who gives you a he he's sort of the prototype for their alternate mm. evil path, um, which they explored in Dark Souls, which is like or not evil, but like alternative, yeah. like dark path, basically. Um, and so he's kind of the prototype for that quest line. Um, he had a friend called Gary. Frake and Gary are named, they're named yeah, after the course. wolves of Odin. Um, he had a friend named Gary who was a, a famous, like, runesmith and, like, architect or something, and he made cool rings and, and weapons. Um, 
And what he's doing in the cell isn't clear, but what is clear is that what's, what's interesting is that he has a baby's nail on him, which is specifically a weapon used by assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not entirely clear yeah. like what he's, it what seems he's almost doing like there, it's, but. he's not part of the soul society, but he has a similar like research sort of research into souls, gather the souls and game going on. Right. And also like, he, because he is the yeah, one who theorizes that the old one and the god are the same thing, so it would make sense he would be interested in the idea of artificial demon creation. Right. So he he definitely does seem like a third party involved because you have like the royal family of Latria. You have these like what what's going on in Latria has to there are, there are different factions. There's the Soul Society. There's Latria, the royal family. There's the old monk, and then there's Frake, who's kind of like this third party figure, who's just kind of on the outskirts of it, looking in. Yeah, oh, trying to find Loki had something very specific to say about Frake's traveling gear, but I can't find it anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I know. From what I gather, like Frake, um, the story behind Frake is that he like. He had a sort of road to Damascus moment. Like he had this sudden like epiphany about like God and the old one being the same thing. And that's like there's something in the translation where it's like he's wearing like the dirtied robes of a sage or something. And it, it, the way Loki explained it's mm-hmm. like it's yeah. specifically saying that this is what is this is what like someone of the of the like a, this is what a sage would have worn, but He's like dirtied it, so he's like a fallen sage on some level. Um, oh, sure. here we go. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it says here, Frake once had a he was he used to be a priest, basically. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. He says like it. this is like it's it's straight up in the in the Japanese like script, and it gets mangled in translation, but like. It's specific. Freak used to be a priest, and then he he had this like epiphany about the old one and God being one and the same, and that's what leads him down this path. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Thank you. And the last NPC is Lord Rydell. Yes, Lord uh, Lord Ridyell. Ridyell. Uh, okay. Yeah, Rydell Ryd- is a typo. <laughs> Uh, there, there's another, there's another Y, um, after the D, uh, that in some places gets emitted, but, uh, yeah, L- Rydell is a typo. It's Ridyell. Um, he, when you talk to him, he yeah. refers to himself as Lord Ridyell. And, and there are some places where he's specifically called Lord Ridyell, but in the big loading, everyone calls him Lord yeah, Rydell Rydel. because in the big loading screen, <laughs> it, says, it says Lord Rydell. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a typo. Okay. <laughs> So can you tell us a little about him? Sure. Uh, Lord Ridyell is someone who is, is a high-ranking member of nobility who is staying in Latria. He is also related to King Alant. He is referred to as Little Alant. Some people have, have speculated specifically what that meant. I always assumed that the most obvious answer was just that he was Alant's younger brother, mm-hmm. um, which would explain Astrava's presence in Latria. If you think of Lord Ridiel as being this, as being um, Astrava's uncle, who is a high-ranking member of nobility in Latria, you can think of Astrava as a ward who was living there and studying 
under the eye of under the care of Alon's younger brother. So he he yeah. he you know the prince traveled south to study um uh, under the care of his uncle. You know it's it's like that always always seemed like the most obvious explanation to me um for for that whole right. dynamic. Uh, he was presumably uh, murdered with his wife uh, by the giant arrow machine uh, because you you find a corpse there that has the matching ring to uh, to his, and then his corpse was dragged up into a cell uh, in order to trap his soul. Um, and then you can free him, and you can get the uh, you can get the the rat rings, and you can get the. Um, phosphorus pole and it's implied that Ridiel was like an adventurer in his youth and that he like traveled and went on adventures and you know to the to like a witch in the sky and he was sneaky and clever and he tricked her into giving up her magic scepter and stuff like that so it's implied that he was like a a garish adventurer or something in his youth mm-hmm. okay thank you um all right, so I guess now we can uh, okay. move on to the question. So, uh, question from Over the Yarnum Wall, which is, who locked Yurt in the cage and why? Presumably just the old monk's forces. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's... Um, it could have been the gargoyles who just grabbed him and stuffed him in there. Um, he, has, he, has, he has notably left the little guiding stones as like, like, so like while he was being, maybe while he was being dragged to the cell, he like kind of threw yep. out these breadcrumbs leading to him <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for someone to, to pick up on. It's, it's actually, it's a neat little environmental yeah. detail. Um, I, I, Cause from a gameplay perspective, it's meant to say like, Hey, important guy over here, but it also gives kind of like a funny mental image of your yeah. kind of like dropping these breadcrumbs <laughs> out as he's being dragged away, hoping that somebody will rescue him. Um, and presumably he was locked up because he was up to no good. <laughs> he was sketchy. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, thank you. Um, Rorik Savant is asking, "What is the goal of the Soul Society that Yurt and Mephistopheles belong to?" Yeah, we. I think we've yeah, gone we over this over that a little earlier. Um. Our divinator Arki is saying, are the mind flayers also demons constructed by the old monk? Probably. Uh, maybe? I think that makes the most sense, because like, they're, they're attending to the prison that the old monk is like using. and So the, the fact that they have the spice on them, and the fact that they specifically cast soul ray, or soul light, depending on which version of the game you're playing, mm-hmm. um, it has two names. I, th- I um, th- which is specifically said like this is the spell that was used by a lot of the sorcerers and wizards in Latria, so that leads me to believe that like these were high-ranking uh, wizards and magicians in Latria that he transformed into these uh, serv- like monster yeah, servants. Because the the it. demons in Latria, they all look like a person fused with something else. And right, these exactly. things are clearly it's a person with like a strange monster head. Yeah. Yeah, they're the octopus headed yeah. guards being their <laughs> legally distinct official yes. name. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, they, they can't call them mind flayers. So. 
Richie, could you read the next question? This is from Princess Capitular again. And it's, I think it's been speculated that the old lady in the prison who's singing, uh, meaning the former royal's wife, is probably mm-hmm. the Queen of Latria. She has the ring of avarice and a lot of trinkets which, and speaks very candidly about the events that transpired in Latria, even though by all rights she should be mad. She doesn't seem to have been tortured at all. She has a comparatively cushy and well-furnished cell, and she looks like it's, she's been at least fed more often than the other prisoners. Part of me wonders if this implies the monk has a soft spot for her if she is indeed the queen. Yeah, so it's a very good point that her cell, and it's something I, I don't think we actually brought up while we were talking about her, is that her living conditions are not at all like any of the yeah. other prisoners. She actually has a totally lavish and and like very well-furnished cell. It has lots of like jewelry and uh, pillows and blankets and stuff like that. So she's very clearly being taken mm-hmm. care of. Um, and so this is, this is that, and that specifically is what kind of led to the two different theories, one being that she is the queen who has disassociated and the other being that she was the old monk's wife and that he has, has, does ha- in fact have like a soft spot for her. Um, so it, it is, it is it a very good point. It could just be that, 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 that there's a prison economy going on and she's able to get this stuff because she had so much, she had all these trinkets sure. and she's just trading them to get nicer stuff. Because presumably sure. adventurers that's, are, yeah, that's, are that's like, with the whole point. deal with, like, the phantoms and everything is that we're not the only person in Boletaria. People are coming and going constantly. Right. Like, you know, we have Rigiel going there. Yeah, you've yeah, got, yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's a very good point. Like, at, at least, like, us, um, Freak, Rigiel, and Yurt have come to Boletaria, have come to Latry. So presumably yeah. other people are also coming and going, and she's probably just able to get this by, like, trading with people who come through. Sure. I mean, you find the corpses of adventurers yeah, all yeah. over the place, and uh, like this, there's a lot of assassins that have come to Latria as well. So, uh, I'm trying to think of an of an NPC in a Souls game who would be analogous to that to someone who's profiting off of everyone Patrice. coming and going. <laughs> and, that, that, and that was the closest well, okay, I was getting to it. He, he, he never seems if that counts. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. That that's a good example. Um, also, I guess like the uh, the dregling mm-hmm. merchant, or he's not called the dregling merchant in Dark Souls One. What's he called in in the undead merchant? He's just called. Is he merchant. just called the undead merchant? There's also, um, I guess, the armorer in. This is not exactly the same, but the armorer in Dark Souls Two, a Morglin. Like the more you spend at his place, the more sort of like he becomes like a yeah. sort of. As his business yes, takes definitely. off, he adopts like a different tone, and the implication is he's like living the good life, even though the, the building itself doesn't change. But you get the impression that like he starts off very meek, and then as you spend yes. souls, he gets a little more cocky. And- mm. Right, and he gets, and then he ends up getting yeah. arrogant, and because he's achieved his success, he no longer has something to live for, which yeah. makes him go hollow. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um. Durf is asking, what happened to the Quinn's face? I, I assume that um, Durf is saying that, like, assuming that the, the royal mistress is the queen, like, what happened to her face? Her face looks like it's been mutilated. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so, and, and I think, which we said before, is that's one of the reasons why people have assumed that she mm. might be the queen. 
because the queen, unless I'm wrong, is never explicitly said anywhere to be dead. Yeah, she's just disappeared. Yeah. And the, the whole, like, the whole, even if she, like, I think the implication is that she is dead, but yes. they don't say that she's dead because they have to keep the hope of the prisoners alive because that fuels the whole right, exactly. system the old monk has in place. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so specifically, Herfe, why was she tortured? Um, I, I guess it depends on what you assume her prior life to have been. Also, they're, they're trying to break people's spirits, basically, to mm-hmm. make them want to go up above. Because the whole idea is, like, the prison is like hell. If we torture you enough here, you'll want to escape, and you'll want to go up above to the town. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Curious. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we talked about Lord Redyell, so we'll skip that one. Yeah. 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 Princess Rorick's question. It's just, what's the deal with Lord Redyell? So, Hexapet is asking, why is the fool's idol so awesome? She is <laughs> awesome. She's a very cool she boss. Is. So, can you tell us who's the fool's idol? She is a doll that is made in the image of the queen. Presumably, the extra arms, the queen did not have those, but we don't know. I think there's a question about that later on. And like like you were talking about, like, um, Latria referring to, like, specifically Christianity, the fool's idol, she's got a number of, she's got, like, a, she has a crown of thorns kind of mm-hmm. design around her head. She's holding, like, bread and a, a, book, like a book of hymns and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of Christian imagery with her, and yeah, she is. L- Latria is, a, is an explicitly Christian word. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, she she's hold, she's got a number of arms, and they're all holding different sort of symbolic things. The two that stick on her, she's got a loaf of bread, and she's got a book of hymns, and she she's there to like be a, an object of worship for the prisoners in Latria who desperately want the queen back. And the idea is that you go to this chapel, you worship the, the this image of the queen, and then if you're lucky, you will be taken up above, right? You will, you will manage to escape from Latria and go above to the tower. Or you'll achieve salvation, but in reality you just become a, a, a new meat for the experiments, basically. It's actually, what it's what it's most like is um, the uh, the Grand Cathedral that you find in the Nightmare, Hunter's Nightmare, because you have yes. the, at the yes. front with all the, at the front the people are being treated, and then it's like, ah, but if you, like, if you do very, if you, like, we treat you in a certain way. We'll take you up above. Like you, then, you need a more intensive care. We're going to take you upstairs. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And what we do to you upstairs is even worse than right. what you were going through before. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Also, Hexapet is asking, what might the queen's combat tactics be like, since the idol's power is only akin to a fraction of the queen's? Uh, presumably it would be similar because it's, it's the soul ray is specifically said to be one of the talents she employed. It's entirely possible that like the paralyzing sigils, um, given that the, uh, the mind flayers do something similar, that's entirely possible that that was another thing that she could do. Um, so, uh, she was, she was, she was, she's explicitly stated to be, have been a talented sorceress. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard, could you read the next mm. question by Hexapet? 
Is the game implying that Ridiel and Freak are related to the Queen? One or two item descriptions state that the Queen's relatives are the ones in prison in Montreal. I think we sort of covered that, that like Ridiel and Freak are both, they were adventurers who came in from the outside and got locked up. We did, although I'm, I'm thinking, I think I know which item description he's talking about. And I think if I remember correctly, it says like the royal family or the nobles or something like that. Um, but you, you, you kind of, when you think of royal families and no, nobility in medieval, sort of like it's a big group. Like it's not yeah. just like you get this, um, you get this same kind of confusion when, when people, when Maria is said to have been a distant relative of, uh, the queen of Queen Annalise. It's like, yes, her and, you know, 50,000 other people. <laughs> And uh, Ed, the dungeon master, is asking, were the old monk and false alarmed in cahoots, or was it merely coincidental that Latria and Boletaria fell at the same time? Um, it, it wasn't coincidental. It was that the fog and the soul arts and magic came back, and these are two individuals who took advantage of that to further their own gains. But they did so independently of one another. And they're also like they're very close to each other, just physically. So, yes. yeah, what happens to one affects the others. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So you kind of answered the next question, but also uh, at the dungeon master is asking, do you think the demons had some kind of hive mind? It's hard to tell because even more so than the great ones in Bloodborne, it's really hard to ascribe motivation or goal to the demons. Yeah, demon is more like like just a state of a person. Yeah, um, yeah, like Astraea is a demon, but she's just like a person as well. The maiden in black is a demon, but so is Phalanx. Like, and so is like, so is the Storm King that was never even real. It was a dream that was brought to life. Right, and so is yeah. potentially the and the player, which is yeah, the player implication. It is calls that, you a demon if you if it, you kill someone in PvP. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Art Fighter 3 Third Funk is asking, if the full title is based on the queen, did the queen actually have four arms and why? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Possibly, but probably not. And uh, I, I don't think she is an albino shokan. I don't know. I didn't read further because I don't know what those words mean. Yeah, let Goro and, and Shiva and Kentaro are. Okay. It's probably just like he was looking at religious imagery, and there's just a lot of images of like deities and people with multiple arms. A, a lot of Hinduism, a lot of yeah. has yeah. multiple arms. Um, some of the there there are some like Japanese like devas and stuff like that that yeah. have, they have multiple arms. arms. But it, it's not as kind of, like Hinduism yeah. very much has that a lot. And it's, it's usually, like, it's to show that, like, this deity has multiple functions, so we'll have them holding different things. Yeah, yeah. So sure. the way that the queen is holding the book and the bread is, like, she's, like, she's the wisdom and she's also, like, helping everyone, like, live through, like, giving them food, I guess. Yeah. Are you sure yeah. it was bread and not a Subway sandwich? Well, he's got a point. He's got a point. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, Pablo's asking, if the Black Maiden is a demon, why does she want to put to sleep the old one? This, this, this question somehow snuck in here. This massive, like, like seven-hour-long yeah. podcast <laughs> right yeah. somehow managed to slip its way in here. I don't know how that happened. 
this is like this is this is like some, this is like we're talking about the hunter's nightmare and someone said so what's the deal with the doll you're actually right i put all the like other questions at the end but this one just stuck in here like i don't know i don't know how this how this got in there but kudos to uh to mr Raul for managing to slip this bombshell into here oh. okay i guess we'll skip it for now I think that's probably for the best. Um, Well, you know how uh, you kind of mentioned it briefly before, but how would you guys define what's a demon in Demon Souls? How much time do you have? (laughs) I, I I would define demon in the context of Demon Souls to mean something that the souls, in this case meaning like the soul arts, the soul power, has started to remove from like the natural world so like a person can become a demon by absorbing a whole lot of souls also um something like the storm king or the adjudicator can be brought to life from souls that becomes a demon it's like a dream that has become a demon a concept that has become a demon the player if they when they kill other players and absorb souls they get called a demon the maiden in black is a demon but also like Phalanx, which is just a giant blob of slime that used to be a person, is a demon. So, Phalanx and Tyranite and Penetrator, and I'm 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 sure this is a whole topic for a different day. But like yeah. it, a lot of what the demons do is they bring myths to life. So, mm. like Phalanx and the Tyranite and the Penetrator are the is like the 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 um the mythological versions of the three heroes of Boletaria. Yeah. The Flame Lurker is kind of like the big M brought to life. The old hero in the Shrine of Storms is one of their champions brought to life. Yeah, um, the Dragon God the is dragon like God. it's like a dead dragon that's come back to life. Apparently, right? Like, the Storm King, the Adjudicator. Yeah. So a lot of of what the demons are is is myths, specifically like human myths and stories that have come to life and have come back to and have come to murder their creators. Um, but what what the demons are is, is really like like a lot of a lot of the the reason why it's so difficult is because we have this word demon that we so closely associate with the Christian idea of a demon, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not at all what these things are. They're if anything, they're more akin to like spirits or um like phantoms, you know, which, you know, black phantoms, white phantoms, all that stuff. So they're, they're a lot more akin to that and to that idea. And, and really what the demons are is just, is a very fascinating question that doesn't really have an answer. Thank you. Um, so I want to ask you, now that we talked about all the other stuff, who is the old monk and what's his deal? Do you want to start, Rich? Uh, don't we have a whole lot of other questions? But these are different. These are questions about like references and like random questions that That's people ask. About like the Legion. Did oh, we? No, there's questions. Oh about my the- god! Okay, yeah. Redgrave, I was yeah. drinking yesterday. You certainly were. <laughs> we got to watch your motor skills and sense of direction deteriorate in real time. Wait, as you wait were you to- drinking while you were playing a Souls level, a Soul level one playthrough? Yes. 
She was she was trying to run through New Londo to kill Ingvard and drain it. Um, and it so like I I sent okay, her. I, I know that run. I know that run. Okay. Yeah, exactly when it happened. So one hour and fourteen minutes in, we arrive at New Londo, and she says, "It's okay. I've got this." And then three and a half hours, the stream well, finally. Let me, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did you have any way to make yourself cursed? She had a bunch of transient curses. She did. She did. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. They were good. Useless. <laughs> we ran out. They're, they're incredibly useful, actually. I gave her like twelve, and she <laughs> ran out. And then she, she ended up. How do you, up run, running. How do you run out of transient curses? You get so many more of them by killing the dog. Yeah, you, you were there, and you you were in the sealer set. <laughs> And you just kept, like, you didn't really know the layout, and you just kept running around in circles being killed by ghosts. And then at one point, this is what I started yelling at you, because you were like, we'll just end the stream now. And I was like, we have been here for three hours. You need to get to the end of New Londo. So there was a point to us sitting here. Let me ask you this, then. Did she do yeah, it? Yeah, did I do it? She did do yeah, it. I did do it. Right. That's right. right. Then, then you know what? It's about the journey, not the destiny. <laughs> Thank you, Redgrave. The real new Londo was the friends we made along the way. It's about the same journey taken 60 times, making very, very small amounts of progress. <laughs> Until we eventually convinced her to put on Apple's set and that she could survive more than well, three Well, Apple's set is a lot less stylish than the other one, so... I, I know it's, it's true. Here. It is yeah. true. It is okay. It's in the past now. <laughs> Richie, describe the drink. Rich is really good at describing it. A Japanese slipper is you take twenty percent alcohol, and then you add forty percent alcohol, and then you put a cherry <laughs> it's on. It's very good. Yeah, and uh, you you were introduced to the Japanese slipper not that long ago, but it's yeah. become a become a staple part of your diet. <laughs> yes. At the end of the week, when you're a bit frazzled after working all week, but also that's the day we record things. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I see how this happens. So there is an intersection of these two events, which leads to <laughs> gradual deterioration of sin. I see. <laughs> During extended stream periods. <laughs> It used to be mojitos, but now it's Japanese slippers. I remember when, when the transition happened. <laughs> you used to keep yelling, mojitos! And then when I found a new thing, it's called a Japanese slipper. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then that led to several podcasts that cannot be released. Oh ah. Can we also point out that the time that I had to recap the entire plot of Killer 7 while you were hungover? <laughs> wow. So I think I'm just explaining, Bad. like, the Yakumo to you, and then you just go, That's an ordeal right there. That's a, that's a complicated yeah. story. Yeah. 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 I mean, Suda, Suda has a yeah. style to him. Yeah. yeah. Sort of surrealist style. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Okay, okay. right. Yeah. So. Back to uh, question 12 from Tyrock, I think is okay. what we're up to. Um, okay. okay. So Tyrock is asking, any insight into the Legion enemies other than being super cool and creepy? 
Uh, so we've talked a bit about how there are multiple names for things. One of the other names for the Legion is Prisoner Horde. Um, yeah. In some versions of the game. So the, the implication really is just that it's a, it's just, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a bunch of prisoners who have been kind of mangled together into these large. Yeah. Presumably uh, like the old monks experiments, similar to like yeah. he's stitching things together and they, they have that extremely powerful magic attack. So presumably the idea is it's it's all of presumably they're all former sorcerers who are like fused together, so they're all sort of operating at once. Their right. powers or, are- or just that the fact that they're all fused together gives it an inherent ability to fire. Like it, yeah. depending yeah. On, on how you define sort of the soul arts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rich, could you read the next thing? Do you know if there was any inspiration for Lord Ridiel, how he stole the phosphorescent pole from the Witch in the Sky? I always wondered if Miyazaki thought that up or if it's based on Japanese folklore. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there are yeah. definitely plenty of stories of like of like trickster adventurers. Yeah, it's um, a very like it's a stock like trickster story. Like I yeah, trick like very it's very Sun Wukong yeah. or um. Uh, what's a what's a Japanese Sun Wukong being the Chinese example? What's a Japanese example like? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, yeah. but there are plenty of them. Like Susanoo, it was a, kind of a trickster god. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then that's that's followed by the milkman asking who is the witch of the sky. Uh, the Witch in the Sky is the the character that Lord Ridnell stole the phosphorus pole from. I've seen some people suggest that the Witch in the Sky might be the Maiden in Black. Uh, maybe, sure. I don't She's know. She's got a pole. Probably not. She has a pole, and the Nexus might be in the sky, so maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, the, there's no real evidence it's, for it's her. Just, it's just, it's a very, like... That's like a very sort of punchy, like just way of showing yeah, you the video. It's exactly. not doesn't have to be like right. Like you, if you tell me this character once stole a phosphorescent pole from a witch in the sky, I'm like, I know everything I need to know yeah. about this character. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a yeah. Like you said, it's a punchy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. And now, could you tell us about who is the old monk and what's his deal? Well, who's going first? <laughs> um, I think we're going to go back and forth a bit because it's kind of... Sure. Also, I've got yeah, Loki's go notes here. Um, Let's start with those then. Okay, so the old monk. Uh, in the translation that we have, it says, the queen banished her depraved old husband from the land. Loki's mm-hmm. version of it, um, Loki's gone back to the Japanese and looked at that, and he has... It's just the queen exiled a depraved old man. So the addition, the idea that he was her husband is apparently that that is only in the English one. It's not in the Japanese. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's seems important, but also like it doesn't really change who it's he not is. That important, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, he is uh, an old man. Um, we call him the old monk. Uh, Loki says like another. It's just basically a way of saying he's like an elder. He's like an old yeah. sort of. Sure. Old, old mystic guy. Um, he was exiled from Latria, but then he returned and he had on his body this very, or this like golden silk sort of garb. And he had demons with him. And um, 
they when they arrived they took over Latria, turned it into the the disaster that it is now. And um, I guess one of the other things Loki's got here is that, like, the English says that um, the old monk returned in golden garb with demons in tow. But the Japanese is more like he returned wearing the golden garb and then with demons he ravaged Latria. So depending on the way you take it, like, either he came with the demons or Or he he came and then... And I think, like, the the latter is a better fit, because, like, what we see is he is basically, he is a mad scientist making his own demons in Latria. Yeah. And, um, I guess the the other thing about him is that the the quote-unquote real demon is actually the cloth. Right, yeah, so he is kind of uh, a host for this. Yeah. And demon, I, yeah, um, that is that is the the robe itself is the demon. Yeah, I, I was um, thinking before when we were talking about things becoming demons. I was racking my brain to think if there was an instance of an inanimate object becoming a demon, and this is it. So yeah. we have like we have people can become demons, a concept can become a demon, and also an inanimate object can become a demon. Yeah, I was also racking my brain for like, are there statues that we fight yeah. that are demons? But like, I couldn't, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. But yeah, this is an example. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, we could talk about uh, the king. In, are we? Should we talk about the king in yellow? I think we should. Yeah. yeah. So, so the king in yellow is a story that kind of served as the. Well, it's not just. It's a. It's a series of of stories that kind of served as the inspiration for a lot of cosmic horror in general. Um, I'm, I'm having a, a total moment right now where I can't remember the name of the author, even though I have the book on my shelf somewhere. Uh, right. Uh, Robert Chambers. So it's, it's a book by Robert Chambers um, called the King in yellow. And it's about basically this yellow thing that um, drives people insane and corrupts them and stuff like that. And the image of, of this thing that they refer to as the yellow sign, um, that when you see it, it drives you mad. And when you see it, it's, it's incomprehensible. You can't understand it. That's sort that Lovecraft has talked, uh, talked in his letters about how that story served as kind of an inspiration for him as to how to define cosmic horror and stuff like that. So it's a very important book in the history of horror um, and occult fiction. Uh, the other um, influence would be Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. There is a character uh, like the King High Priest described. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Um, um, it, who may also be the King in Yellow, because there's a lot of like cross-pollination of ideas in, yes. in the Lovecraft sort of uh, universe. Um, Yes, and well, and a lot of unknown Kadath is also a Dunsany. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they basically Lovecraft describes there's this figure called the High Priest, not to be described, and says that he's a lumpish figure robed in yellow silk with a yellow silken mask over his face. Right, which is is for, for him was probably him. It was probably the same figure yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, so that, and so we were talking earlier about how Miyazaki loves to take aesthetic and visual, um, influences and then make them his own. And this is a a very clear example of that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I guess this, this kind of leads into the next, uh, set of questions, which are about the different references. 
in okay. Latria. So the first one is from Chris Rowe, and that says, has Miyazaki ever spoken about his tabletop RPG influences? I know he uses a lot of Berserk references, but there seem to be a ton of tabletop influences as well. For example, the Jailers are obviously a nod to the Mind Flayers from Dungeons & Dragons. So the first interviews with him when he was talking about Demon Souls uh, were basically he was all talking all about Berserk. Yeah. Um, afterwards, in later interviews about Dark Souls and Bloodborne, he talked a lot about that when he was growing up, basically he loved uh, like choose your own adventure, sword and sorcery yeah, the fighting books, fantasy. A lot, of the, a lot of the fighting fantasy yeah. books, the D and D books, stuff like that. So I don't know if he has specific influences from specifically from tabletop RPGs, but definitely the, the fighting fantasy, yeah. the choose your own adventures, the sword and sorcery, the demon or the demon, uh, the dungeons and dragon books, like all that stuff was definitely stuff that he yeah. read and definitely had an yeah. influence on him. And it also, so I, I can actually tell you the specific, book that I think he's referencing. There's a fighting fantasy book called Out of the Pit. And in that there is um there is a mind flayer design in that which looks exactly like the ones from Demon Souls. But oh most, really? That's most importantly the spider version of Patches is just in it. There is like <laughs> That's when Spider Patches came out there was all this discussion about is this a reference because there's a um not Lovecraft but um Cthulhu mythos thing called the Atlaknaka that is like a spider with yes. head. But in yes. Out of the Pit, very specifically, there is an image in there of a, it's just called the Spider-Man, and it looks exactly <laughs> like Patches, like to every That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to look that yeah. up afterwards. And, um, that's, that's, it even, that's it even specifies, like, this was a person who worshipped a giant spider god that then turned them into a spider. <laughs> that's yeah, great. So it's just... That's amazing. That's yeah. so amazing. Like, like uh, one of the things that I, I do find most compelling about him is is the way like the way that like pickle pea and pumperum, which was just like this poem from England like a hundred years ago, yeah. he was just like, I'm going to put that in in here too. It's like uh, sure, why yeah. not? I, I guess like um, something that we have talked about a few times, but I guess we should repeat is like a lot of D and D tropes made it into Japanese games, but they did it via like a game called Wizardry rather than directly from D&D. Mm-hmm. So like Wizardry is a game that is like, it was um, basically two American college students in Japan made a clone of Dungeons and Dragons for computers. <laughs> that is so close to Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how they were able to legally do it. It just lifts everything. Um, and it, it became an absolute like sensation in Japan. It was a total phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. it's massive. It's still going to this day. I think they're on like nine, yeah, Wizardry nine, I think. And basically, Something all, like all yeah, what we think of as JRPGs, like Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior, they grew out of how do we get Wizardry, which is basically just 99% Dungeons and Dragons rules. Well, and also an ultimate. Yeah, and too. compress that down into like something that can work on a, on a console. So like if you play like the, the first Final Fantasy game, like everything in that is from the D and D monster. Yeah, like you, you actually brought up before, like they can't call them mind flayers in um, right. Yeah, yes. so like in uh, in the Final Fantasy, mind flayers are in there, but I think they called them mind flayer, as in like something like that. I, I couldn't tell you yeah, off the top yeah. of my head, but it's something yeah. stupid like yeah. that. Yeah. So like, if he's his influences from like. That that fantasy thing probably came via like wizardry and ultimate, um, yeah, or from the things that that 
were influenced yeah, by it. Yeah, because like uh, like seventies kind of like tabletop culture is like there's a lot of cross pollination between like Lovecraft in that. Yes, they will just straight up have like I'm like obviously like Robert E. Howard worked was friends with Lovecraft and he created Conan and it's all very like yes this is yes. all into interconnected yeah yeah that whole that whole um like uh sort of sword and sorcery culture back then they all those guys yeah. knew each other and they all talked to one another and they all collaborated and, and yeah. worked which is why like we were saying like the king in yellow is in like Lovecraft's work but then yeah. Lovecraft within that universe is also the like Narca that's created by someone else and then like Robert E. Howard stuff intersects with that and it's all like and then you and then Durleth yeah. and all of his stuff the elder sign and and everything so um so then Art Divinator Aki asks, how much of Latria are references to previous From Software titles and Berserk? Uh, there's a bit of yeah. Kingsfield in there. Like, Demon's Souls was always, like, when Demon's Souls was first coming out, it was, it was kind of seen as, like, because I, I remember, because uh, it came, because there were screenshots that were coming out, and, and I think, actually, I think Fex, actually, the person who runs Fextra Life, I think was actually involved in this on the Something right. Awful forums of bringing, like, um, screenshots and stuff over. And basically the, the deal was, oh, the guy who directed the last Armored Core game is making a new yeah. Kingsfield, and it's yeah. called Demon's Soul. And that was kind of, like, the sentiment around it. And everyone was like, this is, looks weird, but From Software is just doing weird From Software mm-hmm. stuff, I guess. Um, and so there, there is quite a bit of, of uh, From Software stuff in there, and we've talked about yeah. Berserk. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Richie, can you read the next one? Uh, the, this is from Van Fernal. The church where you fight the Bloodstar Beast and the church where you fight the Fool's Idol are clearly similar, even to the point of having an item behind an altar. Um, I think that's just because they're churches. Like, all the churches mm-hmm. in the Souls games have a very similar layout to them. Yeah, they have pews in the center and then an altar up front and then sometimes a stained glass window yeah. behind them. Um, uh, the spiral area in Upper Cathedral Ward is inspired by the second part of Latria. I'd say, like... Uh, I think all of the was inspired also, by like, Latria, The Nightmare of Memphis is very yeah. explicitly inspired by Latria. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, oh, actually, I haven't told you this. Um, it turns out that, you know, those cages in, in Memphis. Right. That look like the mm. prison pages in Latria. They used to have prisoners in them, and they deleted them. Oh snap! So that's <laughs> even closer, yeah. really. Before they were full of books, they were well, full I of mean, like Mensis members who who were like kept funny. there, and they mutated into these like blob things. I mean, I mean, it's always something that's always just so amusing. Like the yeah. more you look, the more you look at at Bloodborne, the more it's like, oh, this was just Demon yeah. Souls too, and then they spun it off into a different. Yeah. Thing because like like when Project Beast those trailers first came out, people were like, "Is this Demon Souls too?" And they were like, "No, no, 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 no. it's completely it's different." <laughs> and I also, like another another one would just be that the the gargoyles in Dark Souls are obvious riff on the Man Eaters. The way the second one, yeah. yes, they are. Um, uh, I remember uh, they're much course, easier yeah. than the Man Eaters. Um, the the Man Eaters were famously famously difficult at the time. Although I imagine. It's funny. So, uh, like you, Sin, uh, my mm-hmm. girlfriend had played the other Souls games, but she hadn't played Demon Souls. 
So we, she was playing Demon Souls after having played Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Dark Souls was her first one, and then she played all of them. And so uh, when she got to the Flame Lurker, like me being, you know, the smug asshole, I'm leaning back and going like, oh, yeah, here here we go. You know, like, mm-hmm, have fun. And then she just destroys him on the first try. And, and she looks at me and she goes, yeah, more like bitch lurker. And, and I had to explain to her, I had to explain to her like, well, at the time, yeah. there had never been a boss like that. <laughs> so everyone was encountering it for the very first time. Um, so the man eaters are very similar, and I would be curious to see someone who. I would be curious now going back at it, like how difficult actually were they if you have experience in that? Because at the time, the man eaters were. It was the man eaters and the flame lurker were were widely considered to be complete uh, yeah. showstoppers. Well, Sin, you did you did the same thing. You you played Demon Souls like. Um, yeah, I also beat everything on the first try. Well, no, well let's not. And that's because you're that's that's because you're a pro gamer, Sam. <laughs> this is before you discovered Japanese slippers. Yeah. So like you, you beat you um you beat the man eaters like it took you a couple of minutes, but yeah. you did okay. It yeah. took a few tries, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of you're fighting this boss and it's kinda tough, but it's not that big a deal, and then another one shows up and it's like, oh no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um was was Yeah. It was, it was, they've, they've never, the boss variety and boss design in Demon's Souls has mm. never been matched in any of their. Yeah. Like we, we talked about this another time as well, but like the way you were saying the guy who did Armored Core is making a Kingsfield game. Like Miyazaki's Armored yeah. Core game is, it's kind of unique in the series in that it's based around like. Oh, totally. Specifically, yeah. it's based around encounters with like huge, huge, like individual machines called arms sports. I, I I remember the the first the first thing that wowed me with with Four Answer, which was the, the Armor Core Four Answer yeah. being the one that Miyazaki directed. I think it, it was, was his yeah. directorial debut. Um, uh was the scale of it was like what's the name of that that first giant machine in the desert? Answer. Was it? Oh no, another will. Yes, another will, yes. Like when you see that for the first time Back then, it was yeah. very impressive. Like previous Armored Core games, you had like a mission where you had to like take down a bunch of little dudes, or there yeah. would be one like elite person you had to deal with. Very occasionally, there would be like very large things, but they would be like saved for the end. Whereas the entirety of Four Answer is based around like, hey, the all these various like competing factions, they're powerful because they have one huge thing. Like they'll have one giant aircraft carrier or yeah. one like orbiting like sky base thing that you have to take out and you can also see that 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 was at the point where monster hunter was taking off a rocket in japan um and uh like soaring above anything else that was coming out and you saw those influences coming out you saw metal gear solid peace walker Mm. of all things become a monster hunter game like um which was fascinating and amazing and yeah. many and different the, ways. The, the Archdemon fights, and we talk about a variety, like they play out almost like yeah. an armored core, like arm sport fight. Like, yeah. I mean, and you have some showstoppers like the storm King and you have some duds like the dragon God, but they're all interesting in, in different ways. Yeah. Cause like storm King is, is literally an aircraft carrier. Like it is this flies in and it detaches yeah. all these little drones. You have to shoot down before you take out. 
And then it carpet bombs. And like Phalanx is like similar, like it's this huge slow ground target that's protected by this like legion of little things guarding it. It doesn't play out like you would expect a fantasy boss to play out. It plays out like like you're fighting like an arms fort. Yeah. Yeah, you're fighting a mech. mech. Yeah. Even the adjudicator, like you you have to disable it and kill the pilot. Like (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like Armor Spider is like a stationary turret that's shooting at you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to like dodge the fire to get close to it and then attack. Tower Knight, you have to topple and yeah. then kill. There are very few bosses in that game that are it's like like the Flame Lurker, the Penetrator, Alant. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I guess old hero that are kind of. Uh, but he, but he's also he's like a, a gimmick in the yeah. way. He's very big, and he's also a gimmick in the way that he's blind. So yeah. it's a, like sort of you peek around and you yeah. take shots at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so, where um, are we at, Richie? Okay, uh, do we think all this is still going on the like referential questions thing? Um, do we think old Yarnum had a connection to Latry at some point in old builds of Bloodborne? I think I think we sort of covered that by saying like Mensis is the more obvious like. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered it by saying there was clearly, very clearly. At some point in development, even during the conceptual stage, this was clearly demon. Oh no, too. it was like we have we have looked at like the parameter yeah. files, and there's there's entities in there that are called demon souls too. Like that's it was demon souls too. My theory that like I'm sticking to because I think it makes the most sense is that um, have you seen like the deleted? Um, there's like an arena that looks exactly like the end of Demon Souls. Yes, like I have. I see that. My theory is yes. that, like, the reveal at the end of the Chalice Dungeons would be that it's the ruins of Volataria, and Yannam's built over the top of it. Oh, and and that would be why the fluted knight armor yeah, is there? Yeah, that was my take on it, that, like, as you went further down to the Chalices, you would find more and more bits of Volataria, culminating with you finding the bottom of the Nexus. And sure, even if they that would be say cool. it out loud, it would be like, okay, Yarnum's just built on top of all. This is like Volataria, the Soul Arts went away, they had an industrial revolution, and the end. Right, because, because at the end of Demon Souls, magic leaves the world. Yeah. And so it makes way for an industrial revolution, yeah. and then Bloodborne can Yeah, and we don't have souls anymore. Although, curiously, it does, the older builds of Bloodborne do just have souls in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're held in the liver. <laughs> do you know about that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I didn't, okay. I didn't know it, about that. They, this is like up until like, this is like until we're talking like six months before release. It had nice. boss souls, but they were boss livers. Classic from And you would crush the, and all, all of the liver descriptions mention like the soul. So like blood That's echoes great. aren't a thing. And it's like, like there's like the liver of the cleric beast, the liver of the Hemwick witch. And then it just says like, this is the soul of the whatever. And you use it to get soul. That's great. That's fantastic. Do you know offhand what word they used for soul? It's soul. With like just soul, like the way they write it normally. It's just, okay, yeah. yeah. And it, curiously, it had magic as well, which is like instead of having the arcane items, there was a magic. I knew, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that they had magic, yeah. which is interesting because there is no magic in the final game yeah, at all. It's it's a it's the the Dark Souls setup where like you attune like items and they have a set yeah. number of casts. Yeah. 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 Basically, we asked all the Latria questions, and the other ones are just very general, and I feel like um, it would take, like, another two hours. 
Yeah, I'm looking at thoughts of duality and entropy. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at, at lots of things that, yeah. that would take a long time. Yeah. So I think we're going to probably stop here. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at, at uh, is Latria patches? No, Latria is Uden. Latria yeah. is the doll. <laughs> Some of these we went over. Why? What is the dragon god and why is he here? This is a, an interesting one uh, by Philippe. Why are there so many restrictions, like gender-specific equipment? Um, it was just a bad idea. Yeah. They've, 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 said at the, they've said in, like, they were like, yeah, in retrospect, it was a really bad idea. Yeah. They got rid of equipment. So they, they, yeah, yeah, they got rid of that stuff. Um, yeah, equipment burden was also not, it was not fun. But it, it was it was like we said before. It was it's it's a one hundred percent a thing in D anD. Yeah, and so yes, it's, it's, it's to like make that. you choose what you're going to hoard. But it's yeah. But it ended up just not being it's fun because it causes the way that the items spawn. Basically, like if you don't grab the, it's not like you can leave like the the brushwood set and come back for it. Like you pick it up now, or it's gone forever. Right. Yeah. Oh, Richie, but you have to read the last, last, last question. Why is King Alan so mean? <laughs> I saw that video. Yeah. Then sent me that video of King Alan with the Shenmue, with the Shenmue characters in the, in the background with Rio and I forget her name. Yeah, yeah Alison did that. She's amazing. It's uh, yeah. the best thing to come out of the snack on. <laughs> King Alan. <laughs> Another example of Richie being a bully. He's like, oh, King Alan, who's that? You know exactly who that is, Richie. You know, I will, I will say, I will say, Rich, you were kind of smug about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think in, in terms of context, it, it may have been at the end of like hours and hours of business. That part, I totally believe. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, taken out of context, you were kind of smug yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. This is the basis of her Richie is a bully <laughs> Patreon tier, which is just like getting me to the point where I'm really annoyed at her, clipping out everything prior to that, and just presenting me like snapping. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for coming by again, Red Grange. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yay! It was awesome, and we learned so much. We learned way more from you than we usually do from Richie, so thank you for that. That's true. Let's nip this in the bud before people talk about it in comments. Rich is way, way better than I am when it comes to lore Aww. stuff. Aww. So let's let's get that all out of the way. What you can't see now is I'm currently handing Redgrave an enormous sack of the dolls. But no, but it's funny. It's every time Rich and I are on anything together, it's hilarious to me. You always see in the comments, like, why do these two people hate each other yeah. so much? I need to ask, where did that start from? But it's, it's like people think that I'm fighting with you when this is just how we talk normally. <laughs> yeah. I think people have realized that because this has been going for like over 18 months that we don't actually hate each other. <laughs> This is just how we talk. Well, again, thank you so much, Redgrave. Thank you for having me. And where can people find you if they've been living under a rock? Um, I 
currently have no plans for future content. Um, if you Google Redgrave Bloodborne, you'll be able to find pretty much everything. You'll be able to find my book. Um, my Twitter, at DMC underscore Redgrave, is the only place I'm really active when it comes to uh, like social media or anything like that. You can follow me there if you want. I, I post occasionally. Um, but I, I have, I, I would, I would never say never. I'm not going to say I will never make more content, but I have no current plans for future uh, souls or anything other, any other content like that. Um, so yeah, if you Google Redgrave Bloodborne or if you look for my Twitter, you'll be able to find me there.